Welcome to the Deadline Podcast. I'm video producer David Jano. Uh, today we are bringing you a conversation with the cast and creator of This Is Us. This was recorded last night, Monday, August 13th, on the Paramount lot where they shoot This Is Us, and it was moderated by Deadline co-editor-in-chief Nelly Andriva. The panelists were creator Dan Fogelman and cast Milo Ventimiglia, Mandy Moore, Sterling K. Brown, Chrissy Metz, Justin Hartley, Susan Watson, and Chris Sullivan. Quick note, there were a few technical difficulties with the audio during the Q&A, but you should still be able to hear all of the questions and answers. You can see video highlights on Deadline.com or listen to the full conversation right here, right now. We know This Is Us always has a surprise for us at the beginning of every season and the end. Most recently, it was the burnt-out house that got us sobbing. And then it was those flash-forwards that we will talk about in a few. But um, we'll try to mirror that tonight, and we'll start and end with a surprise. Uh, we have some casting news. Dan? Uh, or Milo? Milo can share. You want me to? Nikki. Dude, I had <laughs> breakfast with him this morning. Oh, he had breakfast yeah. with him this so, morning. So, Tom Cruise. <laughs> How do you drop the mic on a laugh? Yeah. Um, yes. So uh, Nikki will be, will be played by the wonderful actor Michael Angarano. And Nikki, Nikki is? I'm oh, sorry, Nikki's my little brother. <laughs> we're heading back to Vietnam this year, yeah. so we're going into Milo's backstory a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, so we'll be casting Nikki as a young man. We only have seen him as a little child and in that photograph. The photograph from Vietnam. And we assume he died in Vietnam, yes? Yeah. Okay. Oh, mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, but we don't know how. <laughs> yeah. And my understanding is that you're filming here, but also filming in, actually in Vietnam? Yeah, that's the plan. Our producers and uh, Ken Olin just got back from a scouting trip to Vietnam. We think we haven't heard from them yet, but... Uh, yeah, they said yeah, they're back. Though. They're back. Yeah, and, uh, they're back. And so, yeah, we're planning on shooting a big bunch. I think, I think uh, Justin's heading there, Milo's potentially heading mm -hmm. there, maybe some of our other cast members. And... Are, are we uncovering any family secrets there, anything? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the plan. I mean, I think with, with Jack's, with Milo's character, Jack, it's always been like, clearly there's something underneath this guy that we haven't learned about, what happened to him, what happened in his backstory. And so I think a big part of our season, particularly for Jack, is learning, learning that story. Um, Tim O'Brien, who's one of America's best novelists, has like kind of joined the show as a consultant and written some, an episode with me early on. Um, and he wrote the book, the things, that we the things We Carried, which is like one of the great pieces of American fiction in the 20th century. And, and so that's very exciting and daunting and intimidating, but uh, we're really excited about it. And he, the show, every episode, every season starts with the birthday, so it will, it's going to be the 38th, right? Correct. Happy birthday. Thank you very <laughs> much. And, uh, in the flash forwards, we had the trip to Vietnam, and we had also um, the um, um, problems that um, that we have Toby with, like dealing with depression. Yeah. How is it compared to um, the birthday? Is it is it close? Did we see what happens when the season starts, or that's something that we will uncover later in the season? Yeah, I think. Um you'll see all of those things in the course of the season. We'll catch up to them in various orders in the course of the season. So the things you've seen in that flash forward, is that fair to say, Isaac and Elizabeth? Yes. You'll see all of those <laughs> things in the course of the season. Um, and uh, we just, uh, you just introduced the course, your course. Oh, sorry, runners. I didn't yes. mean to. I don't like them getting attention. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm killing. <laughs> and speaking of them, actually, I wanted to quote you, Elizabeth and Isaac. They just... Uh, um, said call the next season hopeful and we had so much tragedy and death this last season so if it's hopeful um, I mean Vietnam is the, the war is, is yeah, not, it's not an very easy hopeful thing. yeah no. <laughs> and the depression Bastion is not an, an depression easy. isn't as hopeful yeah. so, our storyline is going to take place in Culver City <laughs> <laughs> more hopeful so it's like Vietnam Culver City that's <laughs> <laughs> But, you got some good but, steps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, steps are great. Cole. Steps are great. Ball the park. Ball the park. What is the hopeful Wait. part? It's a. Um, do we have a baby? It's a Maybe. story. It's a potential storyline. We just. I actually literally. Our office is across the lot, 
and we do a process where when we write a script, all of our writers gather and we do a page turn on the script where we beat up the script and no matter who wrote it, the other writers get to kind of crap on it and then we change it and adjust and fight. And then we do the same thing when we have a first, when I have a first cut and Isaac and Elizabeth have a first cut, we, we bring it to all the writers and we watch it collectively and then we talk for a while. And literally 20 minutes ago, I showed everybody the first episode of the third season. And uh, I, think it's one of our, I think it's one of our best episodes um, that we've done so far. I'm really, really excited about it. And there is joy in it um, in a different way because we're playing in different storylines and, and I'm really excited about it. Last year, everybody was saying how your jaw dropped when you read the first script for this season. So what is your reaction to this, actually seeing the, the, pilot, the, the pilot, the first episode of uh, season three? What is reaction? Is it? I think so. So first of all, it's excitement. You know, it's kind of like you're looking forward to that first day back at school because you miss your friends, you miss the experience, you miss everything about it. And then you get to find out. And then oh. you get to and then you get to find out. Yes. And then you get to find out, you know, what classes everyone else is taking. <laughs> so it's going to then you get to find out what other classes everyone else is taking. <laughs> who everyone's been dating over the, the the break, summer break, who got a tan. Who got really Who yeah. We just get back to finishing each other's sentences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, before we start, we'll, we'll talk about twists. In, in, in the flash forwards, there was also the mystery woman. There's been a death in every season so far, big death, William and... Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Will we have now, if it's a hopeful season, can you guarantee there'll be no major deaths? I... <laughs> Go on. Go on. Nelly. Uh, no, I cannot guarantee that, but uh, if there is a death, it'll be very hopeful. <laughs> and what about the mystery woman? Can we say it's not Beth and she's very much alive and well? Uh, I, want, the, I want people to, there, people will get the answer. It, it, we're not, it, it will, the answer will happen in the relatively in the first half of the season. So I want people to come in and kind of like experience the show a little bit. It was, it was a weird period where even when we made the pilot for such a long time, we had to keep secrets. And I think we've all learned that like people who care about the show, probably like the people who have come out for this room, like it's people think they want answers, but they actually want to experience the yeah. show and, and not have it spoiled. So, yeah. Yeah. so that's kind of like, that's our rule. Um, but yeah, but yeah, Beth dies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm being funny. <laughs> this was the mystery woman in the third flash forward. Um, right. um, and now for all of you, there've been so many twists. Which is the one that you didn't see coming, even with knowing what show you, you're doing? The I didn't one know Randall was going to be uh, a little bit uh, heavier in the future. <laughs> <laughs> you mean physically? Physically? Yeah, you had to have oh. a little punch. Right. And I didn't anticipate it. And I actually was, like, fought really hard. I was like, Dan, I don't think this is right. And I was like, when I'm 57, I'm not going to look like this. And he's like, yeah, but for the character, you're going to look like that. So I was like, okay. So that was the biggest disappointment for me. And then Beth was like, Dan, I don't think he's going to look like this. <laughs> I actually have a photo, an early photo, when Stone was going through that makeup process. And I think I was smiling, and he definitely wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I went home and did push-ups. <laughs> um, by the way, will we, who else we will see an uh, older version of? Because right now we have you three. Mm -hmm. How about? Yeah, I mean, that's the hope is that, you know, you eventually maybe you see everybody who makes it. Have fun, guys. Hey, <laughs> have fun. I'm excited. I already know what I want my hair to look like, so. <laughs> I'm excited. You have your wig design. No, I'm not kidding. I do. I, tear sheets. I'm not kidding. <laughs> your Pinterest board. Pinterest board. You're planning your look? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have to go through the channels and all, but uh, yeah, I have an idea. Yeah. You have an opinion. I like it. That's great. Yeah, thanks. I think Kevin's like Clooney. Yeah, man. <laughs> right? I'm no? telling you, if you're not fat, we had a joke that. So mad. We had a joke that everybody gets older, but Kevin just looks exactly the same. <laughs> 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 because he's like Perfect. in Hollywood. Uh, How appropriate. 
Um, Kevin, you had a hard season. Um, it's for you. It seems like the next next chapter will be a little easier. Like you have gone, you went through grieving over the death of your father. And what is what is Kevin's um, um, purpose right now? It seems like I don't know if acting is on the back burner, but is 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 he completely focused on discovering um, what happened to his dad? And, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's. <clears throat> Look, I mean, I, I, the way, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I look at it like, gosh, it's been, this whole time he's never addressed it, and he's, his father's death, and he hasn't dealt with it, so he's, he's like literally turning, opening the book, turning page one, trying to figure out how to deal with this thing, so for, and it's different for him now because he's so far removed from it, so it's been so many years, so um, it's an advantage, I guess, in some, in some ways, but also just um, a, a deeper pain, I think, you know, and I, there are things that are happening in his life where he's also kind of, things are triggering memories in his, in his past that he has suppressed or maybe remembered a different way. And so he's starting to kind of put all those pieces back together as well. Um, and he's also, he's also just fresh out of rehab too. So he's, mm -hmm. he's teetering, you know, he, he's still, he's not out of danger. So, and I think he's aware of that as well. There's the burgeoning possibility of a new level of fame. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's also a little relationship. Which could go either the bow, way. Bow, I mean, bow, bow, could, bow, yeah, that bow. could be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Are we, you we, getting related huh? soon? Are you getting related? And not like. Are we related? Because, <laughs> no, no, he's not because, that sick. He's... Because of Beth's cousin. Uh, right. Yeah. I, 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 we're not related. Is that what you asked? No, whether we will get related because oh, you're oh, in a relationship oh, oh, right. with right, Beth's yeah, right. cousin. Um, yeah, no. It's hard to hear up here. It is. It's a little tricky. Yeah, yeah, I have to say, it's the, there is a problem. I can like barely understand it's a weird what everybody's acoustic. saying. There's yeah, but it's kind of fun. I'm having fun with it. Yeah. It's like charades. Yeah. Sort can of right? you hear us? Ooh. Not really? Yes, Not really? kind of sort. Oh, great. So, so it's all, going well. It's all right. <laughs> ah, good, because yeah, I thought we were bombers. Yeah. Let's start over. You can walk in again. You can bounce really? here in the front row? Oh my God. Turn it up, guys. Should we pull, our, should we pull our mics and project? Turn it up. Turn me up in my headset. Maybe, maybe should we go? Oh, I can pass this around. Then. Yeah, maybe we, yeah, we can pass around the mic. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do cool. That. <laughs> let's pass it around. There you go, Dan. The problem solver. Pass around the mic. It really is. Um, let's, um, let's talk. We have to talk about uh, the big episode, um, the Super Bowl episode. And yeah. um, the, I know that you all knew there was going to be a house fire, but how many different versions of the reason for that the culprit did to go through was that uh, the, the, the crock pot, like uh, the slow one of, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> slow cooker. Uh, what other appliances did you um, consider before? <laughs> <laughs> the fridge. Uh, I, yeah, we went, we, went, we went to that appliance pretty quickly um, and pretty early. Um, I am legally bound not to speak about that appliance anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, no, we went there pretty quickly. I mean, we always had a plan. The guys and I had talked about from day one, it was going to be a fire. It was going to be a result of something in the kitchen. Um, it, we weren't making it up as we went along. It was on the boards in our writer's room. And so we've always known, we always knew that we were going to reveal Sterling in the future, in that position, in the second episode. I think the only thing we didn't know was that we would get this, we didn't know that the show was gonna become popular. And so, uh, I never imagined having the Super Bowl episode to do it in, but we always imagined it would be towards the end of the second season. And then, um, during the first season when the show did get kind of popular, that was when NBC was very cool and said we could have the Super Bowl episode, so it felt like the right platform for the, for the big moment. Yeah, and a puppy, really, like, we start, started ha hating puppies after that episode. <laughs> the what? The puppy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That puppy, they said that that puppy is having a hard time. Are you leaving? No, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Sterling quits. He's from the theater. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Go. I thought I said something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. I feel much better right now. The puppy, appa the puppy apparently gets recognized now. 
Like, genuinely, the people, Zeke, the puppy, they said that, like, I think it might have just been a dog person trying to negotiate a better deal, but they're like, you better book up this dog because he's getting recognized and people want the dog. Yeah. Maybe he's getting hate mail, too. Yeah. Um, the death scene, um, Milo and M Mandy, did you, um, did anybody miss not having a scene, like a final very well seen? Did you discuss that with the writers? Or I mean, I think it laid out exactly as it should have been laid out. Um, and I know that the scene previous where we're sitting on the, the edge of the hospital bed and just having a conversation and there's gratitude for just both being there and, and being alive. And I think, did you say like, you know, the most important things were here or something like that? Mm -hmm. Or at least that's what I felt sitting next to Mandy Moore in the course of that scene. Uh, it's, but it's, you, you, never, you never get those moments in life. You don't know when it's gonna happen. So God damn it, like you better live your life and you better love deeply and love fully and love as, as hard as you can because you may, you, you may not get the moment, you know, and, and it, even though they didn't know that it was coming, I still think, you know, to be able to share that laugh about the TV was probably like a nice little blessing. But also in, in death, like that was, that was one of the hardest scenes I shot all year was laying as still as I could, listening to one of my closest friends just completely break. That hurt. That just hurt. It sucked. Did you, um, we couldn't see you because it was a reflection, but did you cry in that scene? No, I just kind of laid there as still as I could, giving Mandy everything I could in stillness. <laughs> and uh, by the way, um, you know that it's, you have better odds of getting nominated for an Emmy if you're dead in the present time, because three out of the four <laughs> nominees are no longer with us, the characters, so. Is that true? Uh, good trivia. <laughs> <laughs> is that a true fact? Uh, it is, it is. It's, Interesting. Uh, it's 75%. <laughs> but um, Mandy, for you, the, the, I know everything was, was it everything in the script with the candy bar and everything? Um, and for you, was it one take, that particular scene when you saw Milo? How, um, how hard was it to, to shoot that scene? She killed that, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> she killed that. Real hey. Guys, um, I don't know what take. We did several takes it's, of that. It's all the first take. Um, but <laughs> it's, the candy bar was always something that Dan told me about. Um, and I loved, like Milo was saying, that it wasn't this cinematic passing. We didn't see him pass away on screen and um, that you didn't even see him. You just saw him sort of in the reflection. It wasn't a fun day of shooting, no. But I, I think it's because there was so much expectation that I had sort of placed on myself. I'm like, this is the moment. Like, this is, like, everything sort of hinges upon this. For, for this woman, it's like life before and life after this moment, as it would be in real life. So um, I just really wanted to make sure it, like, delivered properly. And it just, it, it was, my job was made easier, obviously, by, by what Dan wrote, because it was all on the page, you know? It was just like, you show up and do it. There's, there's nothing really on the page. It's silent. And so, like, it's all Mandy. I mean, that's crazy. Like, no, there was, like, I remember, I remember distinctly uh, when, when these scenes come up. I don't know how you guys work, but, like, I'll fixate on a song, and I'll sit in, like, a fetal position and, like, listen to the same song over and over and over again that I've designated will elicit some sort of reaction on that day for me. That's your process, too? That's my process. <laughs> And I, but, and then I was like reading the script over and over and over again, like that scene, because there was this beautiful description that you wrote, Dan, about like, you know, him passing away and seeing the flashes of like them meeting each other, them getting married, them having the babies, like all the stuff that you end up seeing in the episode and some that you don't. And that to me was just like, like blew me away every single time I read it. I was like, oh, I'm there. Like I can be there right now, like thinking about it. It's so... It's so heavy when you think of it in the, the full context of somebody's life. It's, it's overwhelming, you know, so it made it easy. I can remember Dan coming up to, like, set and talking about Mandy because she had a run of episodes, like, 14, 15, 16, where she was just, like, dealing with the grief of losing her husband. He's like, I think I'm going to kill Mandy Moore. I think, <laughs> I think she may die from just tear exhaustion and just, like, breaking down every because you went through the gauntlet and you did so um, exquisitely. Mm. 
Thanks, Claire. Yes, yes. Men, you, you also um, are the bridge, because they, Sterling and Susan and everyone, they have to hear from Dan or something about what happened in the other shows. So you do two shows, very distinctly different casts, different stories. Um, which one is more fun? I hear that there's a lot going on in present day that that the actors are having, like there's I rapping going on. I tell and Milo, I'm like, we have, I, I feel lucky because I get to, I am the bridge and I live in both worlds. Like Milo and I, he's the greatest. And so we have the most incredible time together. No, we have so much fun yeah, and there's laughing and it's, but it's its own thing because it's like, it's us. It's just the two of us and then the, and the kids obviously who are remarkable. But a lot of it falls on us. And then I'm like, but the other, the other side of the family is, it's <laughs> tough because anytime I'm working with them, I'm always in prosthetics. And the trick is I can't, I'm not supposed to really move a lot, like move my mouth and laugh. And I, I can't, Milo does a really good closed mouth laugh when he has the fake like goatee on or something. But I, I, can't, I haven't mastered that. And I'm like, it's, it's terrible. Like I almost have to separate myself because it's, you guys are, too funny. It's too much fun. Oh, stop. No, I Thank can't. You. I can't deal with it. She does. She totally talks about it when she comes back on like our side, of, our side of you know the stage, and she's like, "Oh my god, like my my makeup was like falling off because these guys are so funny." And um, I, by the way, um, Sterling um, heard that rapping is your um, something you do, freestyle rapping, oh, oh, filming. Oh. Do you have I heard. Something? I heard. No, I heard that too. You did? I, I definitely okay. heard that. <laughs> Give me a beat. You ready? <laughs> you ready? <laughs> yeah, I can do a little something here up on the stage. I'm a young Randall playing my own age. I don't know where this information came from, but I can definitely give you a little something, something. <laughs> We only have two of those. Wait. <laughs> Still works. Okay. Sorry, Sam. That's our only working mic. Sorry, Sam. We're good. Wait, no, for real. Who, who told you that? I, I don't freestyle at all. It like, was I'm, me. It was me. It was you. <laughs> you. <laughs> On every red carpet we do, I, I say, right and on. ask him about Thank it. You. He freestyle raps. <laughs> Thank you, Sally. <laughs> Uh, that was fun. That was good. Yeah, but now, now I got a new skill, so thank you. <laughs> it's just like that. It's just easy that way, right? So? I was uh, just being, I was just having fun. We <laughs> enjoyed it. Starting since you have the microphone, I have to ask you a question. Sure. <laughs> it's like that's how it works. Okay. Um, we talked about all the others who were grieving your siblings over um, the loss of a father, but you, you actually, this season, you're grieving over the loss of two fathers because you've also lost um, William. Um, talk a little bit about the experience. How did that, um, that tragedy that you went through with William's death um, impact your, um, the, the storyline with the adoption in, in you? It seems like it, all the, se the season was about you being a father, having lost two fathers. Right. No, that's, that's an astute observation. I think... We start off the season, Randall on fire with this idea of wanting to adopt um, and, and want to sort of complete the circle of what Jack and Rebecca did for him and, and the graciousness of William to be able to part company and allow him to be a part of this family. And so trying to replicate something like that for, for another child. And he has this very strong idea that he doesn't necessarily talk through with his wife. He's like, of course she's gonna be on board. And then she has her ideas that are slightly different. And you know, it forces him to recognize that one, my marriage is necessarily different than that of my parents, right? And my parents had a good marriage and they had a loving marriage. But we have a marriage that is our own thing that we have to articulate and come up with the parameters for ourselves. And I, I love that sort of perfect, uh, perfectly imperfect idea, and that we, we are both out in front and that we make our decisions together. And so she takes him to a place and says, like, maybe it's not somebody from birth. 
maybe you don't get a chance to like, you know, leave your imprint from that point, but there are children out there that the system can forget about, that society can forget about, that are worthy children that need a chance, that need love, that have every desire and act for that same sort of access to it. And so we wind up fostering an older child, right? And Randall, being the person that he is, he, dealing with his perfectionism and wanting to do everything right. And he, you know, two seasons in a row, he introduces something into his life that is beyond his control. You know, a father with stomach cancer, a young lady who has lived a full life, right? Who flinches at the first time that he tries to touch her, but now he has to figure out how do I meet this child where she is? You know, you can't have the answers for everything all the time, but you can be present. Like, you can show up. And what I love about Randall throughout the course of the season is he learns to release the need to be in control and learns the benefit of just being present, right? And, and so Deja eventually makes her way to him, but not as soon as Randall would like to, not as like, you know, we're not baking cookies together and living that sort of, you know, cookie-cutter dream, but we have moments that are really lovely. Um, and when he has to say goodbye to her, it, it pains him, right? So, <clears throat> yeah, he, he, he has both of his fathers in mind, and you see more of that coming into season three. Um, I can even remember, as, as Sterling, I can remember we had episode 115 was entitled Jack Pearson's Son. And I can remember having this moment saying, and it was about uh, Kevin's journey to the show. And I can remember thinking, I'm Jack Pearson's son too, goddamn. <laughs> I, I actually had that feeling of like, y'all get, like, he got two sons. Yeah, no, that's, that sounds like you. Yeah. I'm, no, 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 but it, like, it was me feeling it. Yeah. No, I like felt it. Randall, you know what I'm saying? And you, so, are, like, you are, yeah. you are, you <laughs> are, you are. God. But, but we have that sort of happen throughout the course of, of season three as well. Um, because both of the, his dad is Jack. Like, that's the man who raised him. That's the man who he looks to as, like, the model of a father. But the fact that the person who let him go, that he got a chance to walk through life now with the knowledge that he actually did want him, that he was not unwanted. I think that was part of his narrative in life, that, like, I'm unwanted, and so I have to work extra hard to make sure that people want me, to make sure to my place in, in, in life is secure. And now I think he gets a chance to let that piece go a little bit, you know? So I'm thankful for that, the journey that we had through season one with William and Randall. Um, and now moving into season three, you see how he tries to honor both of these men and the decisions that he makes in living his life. Okay. Uh, Susan, how is the planning going? Because uh, last year you revealed uh, um, what Beth's Oh, job is, job and is. Uh, yeah, we, we saw a little bit of that, but um, will we see you more in the office? And when will um, your husband go you to work? I mean... <laughs> that's that's William, William's cat back there. <laughs> you see, look, there's a little white deal back here rocking behind the scenes. <laughs> that's okay, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I'll follow Nelly. We all got loud mics now. Yeah, yeah. So urban planning. Um, <laughs> um, Nelly, I'm going to ask you to repeat the question. <laughs> I ask, I just wanted to know when um, you will uh, get him out of the house. And uh, I know, like... <laughs> Have, running a building, uh, managing a building is one thing, but he's not cut out for that, as we saw. So when will he go back to work? Some harsh decisions. Um, um, you know what? She is yeah. back to work and um, finding her way in that. But also, they're, you know, they're R&B, right? They're R&B properties. Um, not to be confused with R&B soul, but... Uh, <laughs> Because I confused it, um, and and they work pretty well together, I think. I think. So. And 
finding their way to kind of have a mission together. Yeah. It all goes back to honoring William and the fact that Randall isn't the only person who wants to honor William. It's like having an echo in the phone. You know when you're talking to somebody and there's an echo in the phone and mm -hmm. you feel like you're... Like right now? Device? That's what's mm -hmm. happening to me. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yes, so back to honoring William. It was, it's our way of honoring him and it's an extension of that, but it's also Beth using her skills and what she really wants to put into the world is to beautify neighborhoods that people deem not beautiful or not worthy. And that's her contribution. And her husband found a way to give her that outlet that she's not having at work and a way for them to team up, honor William and do all those things together. So it, it, it really speaks to something that I had spoken about with Dan and I feel like the writers are so good about, which is um, seeing each character as individuals. What are the things that kind of make them tick? What are the things, who is Beth as Beth and not necessarily Beth as a wife or Beth as a mother? And one of the things that they're so smart about is something that I've observed in friends and in women that feel like once they get married or once they have children, their individual identity gets lost. And what I enjoy about Beth is that there's a, there's a maintenance of that. There's a willingness to explore what her individual identity is and what makes her tick. And um, the fact that she um, doesn't have to sacrifice um, the uniqueness of herself uh, in order to be a good wife and a good mother. And so to see her passion in helping communities and uh, things of that nature has been a part of, you know, one of the cool things that I get to explore as her. And will we get to explore the, the backstory, the origin story of both um, Beth and Randall and Jack and Rebecca a little bit more? Yeah, I mean... I think that's the plan for this season. You're going to learn a lot more clearly. And uh, as you may see later tonight, you're going to see a lot of the origin story of Jack and Rebecca. But I think we're going to start catching up a little bit to Sterling and Susan's characters meeting, learning more about Toby and Susan's backstories. We've grown up with this family, but we don't know what came before for Toby and, uh, and, uh, and Beth. Sorry. And, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but literally, we start shooting an episode tomorrow named Toby. And so... Oh, congratulations! Uh, <laughs> I know it was... Thank you. It's about Beth, it's not but it's Toby. called Toby. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's the surprise. That's the surprise. That's, uh, that was William's other cat. <laughs> it was, I know it was um, a, a, an issue for the two of you, for Beth and Toby, um, to, when they fell out and were kicked out of that session with the therapist because they, they're not part of the family. And how, how does it feel to get backstories, to get cute kids play you too, hopefully the, the way the others get it? Um, I, I'm, uh, you warm it up and then I'm gonna come in. I've, <laughs> I've seen the kid, he's not that cute. <laughs> No, there's gonna be a kid. There's gonna be a kid who sees this. He's gonna be like, I can't believe this up. I am playing seven-year-old me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's Michael Angarano. It's a callback. He's playing Nikki. Yeah, we got. It. No, we heard. His brother. <laughs> Younger. It'll. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the the, uh, the foundation of of uh, uh, of our Tobias, of Randall's Tobias. Yeah. That's my man. Yeah, um, I always call him by his full name. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's I, I I think it. I think the more we get a get a backstory, the more the audience will bond to each of the characters, and and uh, the relationships become richer and. Um, 
And yeah. The stories are the stories are very exciting this year. The the two relationships. What what's cool about this season coming up is I think I feel like for the the first two seasons we were telling a, a story with a bit of a beginning and a middle and an end, and it ended at that wedding for for Kate and Toby, and it ended with everybody taking that breath, and now they're kind of embarking on this next stage, and I think. Uh, you wouldn't know based off being a fan of the show where their stories are going to go this season, and it's, it feels very exciting. Um, they're exploring new things in their relationships. There's tension and romantic stuff, and I think people are going to be very surprised by where their stories go um, in the season. I want to say this. I haven't read Beth's backstory yet. I know about it, but I haven't read it. But I did read the next episode, Toby, and I'm... T- Telling you like I'm telling you like I'm telling you that thing is good. Um, um, you understand him so much. I text, I text you after. I said I can't wait for this. Um, but uh, what I love is understanding the psychology of each character, and I feel like the writers are so good about that. So there's all these things you've learned about Toby so far, right? And then you read this episode and you see where it all came from. And it's so much deeper than you know. The, the man that you've known for two seasons is going to really unfold for you in such an ex- exciting way that I'm really excited about it. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I am very, I'm very excited as well. The, the writers... The writers give us these things. Mandy already spoke about it. it the, the, the service that is, is presented to us, it's on the page. It's all on the page. And I, I ran into uh, one of our writers today, uh, KJ, who, who wrote 304, um, entitled Toby. Um, and, And she said, "So, what do you what do you think? And, and any any objections? And and uh, I was I have I have none. I have none. I've never I've never had one. Um, the writing that that continues to come out of that room is some of the consistently highest quality storytelling that I've ever seen. Episode, yeah. And for example, episode one of season three is as good, if not better, than any of the episodes we've done up until now, which is just crazy to me that, that a group of people can perform at that high a level for that long, episode after episode. It's pretty, it's, it's, it's quite the honor to be a part of this. Amen. Um, on that note, I would, would like to ask you, Dan, about this, um, the writing nominations and directing nominations. Um, it is pretty glaring that a show like This Is Us has not been nominated for writing or directing, and there seems to be that um, attitude towards broadcast drama series. It's, it's, you're not the only one. There have been, there's been only one show in the la- this decade to get a writing nomination on that airs on broadcast television. Um, it is. We heard it so many times tonight from the actors about... Uh, that it's all on the page, and you it, you do produce 18 of those scripts a year. How do you feel about that? Uh, well, I'm furious. No, uh, no, we really we don't we don't. Honestly, for us, I think the showcase of this is these seven actors. I think we we firmly believe it, and we're not just saying it um, for the show to get any recognition. I. I, I had low expectations for what the success of the show was going to be. If you had put a gun to my head when we started, I would have thought, oh, people are going to really like this show. I hope it finds an audience. That was truly my expectation. And I thought it could be big, but not, where, not like this. I didn't see this coming. So it's disappointing when Mandy and Justin and Chrissy don't get individually recognized after the work they've done. But... But only, only because we've gotten sucked into this vortex where you can lose sight of the fact that no one saw this coming, including the people who were working on it. And um, I remember going to the first, when we first got nominated for the go- first Golden Globes, I was so anxious. It's not my comfort zone. And I was so drunk. And like, I, I was, and all of a sudden, and they were saying we might win. 
and I would have to give a speech on television, and I was horrified, and I was terrified. And they announced the hand, it was, was it Oprah that was at the first one? And she said, duh, and it was like, duh, but the duh sounded like this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and my stomach dropped, and it was The Handmaid's Tale. And then all of a sudden, after praying, like literally on my knees praying, please don't make me give a speech on national television, all of a sudden you feel this pang of disappointment <laughs> because you've, you've lost something, and you're like, wait a second, I, I'm so excited to just kind of be being acknowledged. I thought the show would be canceled after two episodes. And so that's how I feel about all of this. I would, I think when these seven actors collectively and individually get recognized in any capacity, um, for us, that's the win. I would put these guys in a multi-camera sitcom. I would put them in a serious, heavy streaming drama, and they would kick the shit out of any cast on television. I really believe it. Mm -hmm. And so... When Sterling wins an award, when Miles nominated, when the cast wins a SAG award against all these other crazy shows, that's our, that's our win. Um, so I think the big win is an audience that's engaged in what we're all collectively doing together. You know, I think, I think one, one nomination is a reflection of every piece of artistry that touches the character, the group, the category, anything. It's, it's this crew, this group, this cast, this everything, and we can all speak to this, is such a unique experience that is truly of love reflected amongst the group just going outward to an audience that's engaged and giving it back. The real gold statue is, is the audience. That, the fact that they're excited, they're happy about when you're coming back. Yeah, I mean, you don't get... But they really should, you know... Nominate everybody else. But you don't, you don't get amazing. wins like this. I mean, this is, to be this popular and also recognized, it, it doesn't happen. It's been something I've chased my entire career. How do you make something that can be accessible for a populist audience, but also high quality? And I feel like um, I don't, I'll never understand the people who look at it as a broadcast television show versus another form of television show. I, I don't see it that way, and I don't mind it. But like, I'm like, listen, if you don't like the show, you probably wouldn't like me very much, and that's okay, but like, that's what, I, that's, what I'm, that's what we do, the people who work on the show. Like, if, you don't, if it's not for you, then we're probably not for you, and that's okay, but we're very proud of what we're doing, and we're gonna keep doing it. Yes. Uh, do you oh. know what I, what I always hope for, like, for, for our writers or whatnot? We, we get these scripts, and they're routinely about 51, 52 pages, right? And basically, it comes to about a page a minute in terms of what you see. But you know at the end of the day, you got to get it down to like 42 minutes and 30 seconds. And I think about when I set my DVR for my cable shows, and this episode is like an hour 15, and then the next episode of the same show is like an hour 7, and they have all the time that they want. It's like, however long it takes, that's how long it takes. And the fact that we get a chance to still be in it 42 minutes and 30 seconds. Like, each and every time, I think that shit is off the chain. Like, the fact that we, we actually, like, get a chance to go to these shows and be like, hey, guys, hi, how's it going? We're 42 minutes and 30 seconds, but, but we're here. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'll add another one for these guys. Like, I remember during the, the pilot I wrote on, like, what's called a spec script. Like, uh, you just, I just wrote the script. I didn't know if anyone would make it. And so there were, like... 10 shits and fucks in, in the initial script. And I was like, you know, there's no reason this can't be on network television because there's no content that makes it demand it has to be on streaming. I can take out the 10 shits and fucks. And there was one, and it was Sterling when he goes to the door to Ron's apartment, to, uh, to William's apartment, and he's confronting his biological father for the first time, and he says, like, I didn't need a thing for you. I didn't need a fucking thing for you. That's what it was in the script. And I was like, that one hurts because he does this whole monologue and it needs to be punctuated. And we, we, we was, I don't even, we took the word out completely. I didn't need a thing from you. And when I went there and I was like watching the shooting and I was anxious about it and Sterling hit the thing instead of the F word. And he was like, I didn't need a thing from you. And it, the spit flew out of his mouth. <laughs> And I was like, oh, wow, look at what Sterling just had to do without it. And then in this first episode of this week, Chrissy has this monologue in the first episode of the season, I'm sorry, that's the best scene she's ever had in a series of scenes of the best scenes she's ever had. And, but, 
And it is, and Isaac and Elizabeth will tell you, and it's punctuated with another opportunity where every single part of it is meant to have a curse word in it to punctuate this monologue. And she doesn't have it, and she crushes it. And it's like, so just on a simple level, what they're doing on network television is equally complicated because we have a set of rules we live by, and that make, keep the show accessible, but they have to be delivering that kind of nuance without the words. And it's, it's, like very, my, it's very difficult in this day and age in 2018 to do, and they're killing it, each and every one of them. So I think they're great. Chrissy, can you tell us a little bit more about... I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, um, I, I do think I know what he's talking about, but I didn't think I did that. So thanks, Dan. Um, <laughs> You know, it's the, it's the monologue at the birthday party. Yes, I thought that's what you were referencing. I was there. Killed Chris it. was there. Thanks, Chris. Cool. That's your birthday, right? That's cause yes, it's my birthday party. Um, Culver City. With Culver City. Actually, it's Madison's house. I don't think she lives in Culver City. Um, anyhow, um, she's got some money. Anyway, so... Um, the money. Gang, 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 gang. Okay, so... Um, you know, for me, it's uh, one of those things where I just really try to stay present. And I don't know what the hell is going to happen. And I'm relatively new in this whole thing, right? Um, but I know, I, we all know what inadequacy feels like. And we all know what it is to compare and despair to things that, and to people that we'll never measure up to or things that we'll never be able to do. And we just sort of deal with the cards that have been dealt to us. And so... Thank you. I mean, I, I, it's even hard for me to accept a compliment. I'm working on it. Um, and somebody told me, like, the more that you deflect it, the more it becomes about you. So I'm just saying thank you. Um, and, um, but just, you know, Kate's, she's come through a lot, but there's still so much going on that she's still contending with. And she's a newlywed, and it's her birthday, and um, the family dynamic, and the desire to want to be a mom and to start a family and feeling like she's never going to measure up and specifically to her mother and specifically to the women in her life, whether it's Beth or Madison. Um, so it, she's, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, um, you mentioned what your character went through last, last year with the miscarriage and, um, all the stress, but um, now in the flash forward, we saw that uh, you have to care for your new husband. Um, how is, did you have any happy honeymoon? Was there any period where you're happy for a second? We were really uh, pushing the writers to write us a honeymoon in Hawaii. We were trying to go on a vacation, you know? That would have been. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't it be so great if I... they went on a honeymoon <laughs> to Hawaii? <laughs> And we have, like, it's a double episode <laughs> with a to-be-continued. You guys got Vegas last year. You got Vegas last we year. We keep pushing. We want a Pearson family vacation somewhere yeah. fun like that. Like, <gasps> come on. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited. You know? And maybe yeah, to, like, Philadelphia. No. <laughs> somewhere exotic. Liberty Bell, yeah. Chicago. But I think that, I mean, and without sounding cliche or weird, uh, Toby and Kate, like, they've been looking for this love all their lives, so it's sort of like they live in a honeymoon in a lot of ways. As, as, I know, everyone's like, oh, God, Chrissy. Um, but I do think that, you know, like, they're really, truly happy, but there's just a lot of things that they're contending with as individuals and how that affects the, the new marriage and the dynamic of the relationship, so... Yeah, and there's an evolution to the happiness. They think they understand what happiness is or what it has been, um, and as they kind of settle in to their... Uh, to the present moment with each other, they are, I think, the, their, their idea of happiness. Okay, fine. Chris, Chris, here, Chris, Chris. I don't. Sorry, NBC. No. And I think that. Um, We're all within a show. You're just gonna. You can do whatever you want in those shoes, man. Give me a round of applause for these shoes. <laughs> okay, um, this is us. Season three premieres on September 25th. Uh, if you can't wait, 
just four days earlier, um, Dan's new movie comes out. Yes. Yeah. 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 Life you itself. Guys, one of the best movies I've ever seen in my that life. That movie is so good. No I agree. No, no joke. To tell you. And Dan actually, Dan actually grabbed Mandy and I that and said, "Hey guys, you guys, guys, guys want to see this seen movie? Oh, yeah, we've I, seen it. Yeah. The crying level uh, compared to This Is Us. Like way. You way may lose your life. Harder. Is what I'm trying to tell you. It's. It's, it's what intense. I'm trying to tell you. If you're not ready, it's, it'll get you. It's like but Memphis like it and the Fire full. in one episode. <laughs> but it leaves you full. It's like such a beautiful, beautiful story of life itself that you need to... There's like a Spanish Jack and Rebecca. Like, there's this Oh, whole, yeah, totally. Th yeah, no, seriously, you'll see. It, it's, this is what I love about uh, Dan. <laughs> He's never content to rest on his laurels. And the next thing he does... He wants to be the best thing he yeah. does. Yes. And this movie is phenomenal. It's so good. Go so beautiful. In yeah, in case you, it's called Life Itself. <laughs> yeah. Go see this movie. Yeah. We saw, my wife and I saw a screening. The way that This Is Us zooms way in on people and, and gets, gets minute with them, this movie zooms out on life in a way that when my wife and I left the theater here on the lot, we were different people. Yeah. Yep. We were, we were moved, I mean moved, yeah. from yeah. one place to another in our life. It was, yeah. It's really beautiful. Life itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need Sully to come with me on the road, actually, now. <laughs> Thank um, you. That's very I, sweet, guys. You're we going have to, Hawaii. to wrap it up. You will introduce, this is the yes. second surprise that we're ending with. You will be the first people to see outside of the group here to see... Um, a scene from episode three. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen it yet. We just <laughs> lived it. Yeah, the guys have not. The guys have not seen this yet. Please don't videotape it. I'm trusting everybody here because we know each other so well. But uh, I. But uh, uh, the context is. Uh, the context of it is this is in our season premiere. We're going into uh, Jack and Rebecca's first date. Um, they they go to a carnival and Jack's big stress of the evening is that... No, I was broken reading this. Like, I could cry right now. Like, I can't even... Wait till you see... I'm sorry. Like, Wait till you see that. Specifically that moment. What you're... I'm sorry to interrupt hey, That's you. what we're about to show you. you. Know, I'm not um, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, so they, they go on this first date. Jack is very stressed because he's just back from Vietnam. He has $9 to his name and has to struggle through a carnival, very stressed the whole night that he's going to run out of money, and eventually does but doesn't want to tell her and, uh, and didn't buy an umbrella when it was raining because he was out of money but pretended it wasn't raining that hard because he didn't want to tell her. So that's the setup. The date has gone bad after a promising start, and now he's driving her home after an awkward first date. So that is the setup. Um... And uh, should we play it? Uh, yes! We need to thank everyone first. Oh, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for Thanks, coming. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much guys. for coming to hang with us. I got to sit with you so I can see the scene.